squad, this is Easy E coming at you to say that if you've ever had a desire to kick ass, then head on over to Draper Kenpo. Black Belt Master Gator Conley will teach you how to chomp on the competition. At Draper Kenpo, a student learns self-respect, discipline, agility, and most importantly, how to kick that ass. Call or text for information at 801-810-5772. That number again is 801-810-5772. Now, karate chop your way to Draper Kenpo at 720 East and 10,600 South in Sandy. Hi-ya! Squad out. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Practice Squad. It's your boy, Joe Wild, and I'm here to tell you that this week's episode is brought to you by my roommate, Jake's Hershey Symphony Bar, which is now mine. So conveniently placed in our recording studio. Um, and it just went down my shirt. Thank you, Jake. I don't think he listens, so he ain't going to find out until he realizes I took it, because I <laughs> am taking it. He's <laughs> mine now. This is what you get for not listening to our podcast. Thanks for supporting the squad. I'll keep it hostage until the episode airs, and then if you don't say anything, I'm eating it. (laughs) (laughs) What are we here to talk about today? Oh, yeah, basketball and football. We're going to start off, uh, if you're a loyal listener, unlike Jake. uh, (laughs) You remember the last week we talked about the top four teams in the West. Uh, This week we're going to talk about the top four teams in the North. Oh, wait. South? No. East. Never eat soggy waffles. Okay. Always remember that. It's helped me so much in my life. Helped you what? Remember northeast, west, and south? Never eat soggy waffles. Northeast, southwest. There you go. You needed a mnemonic device to help you remember the names of the direct... Like, what? Yes. No, yes. Look, lots of people... Damn, you had a special childhood. (laughs) They need mnemonic devices. Yes, Jeff had a special childhood. But also, I just want to bring into focus how much it really helped him. Because Jeff said it helped him so much. Never eat soggy waffles. It helped him learn how to read. It helped him learn how to be a man. It meant way more to him than just cardinal directions. It goes deeper than that. Well, we're going to start off with uh, telling you the current Eastern Conference standings. Um, Bucky Bucks at one. The Miami Heat at two. Toronto at three. Boston at four. Philadelphia at 5, Indiana at 6, Orlando at 7, and the Brooklyn Nets at 8. Isn't it kind of a shame to say that the Brooklyn Nets are 8th at 18 and 24? Yeah, it's just super disappointing to me to see that the Nets are in the playoffs being 6 games under 500. 3 games under 500. Thank you. But yeah, 18 and 24. Um, Well, you know, the Nets had an 18-win team. It's really not their fault because as Kyrie Irving, one of the best leaders in the NBA, said, they really just need more talent. Never mind the fact that the team has a better winning percentage when he's not on the floor than when he is. But, you know, they just need more talent. Why would anybody sign Kyrie Irving at this point? I know we're going back, way back to the Brooklyn Nets' amazing decision to sign him. But why? At this point, you know what he's going to bring to your team. He's just going to bring, like, animosity. It's such an interesting conversation because talent-wise, he's fun- he's so good. But... The leadership aspect, the character he brings into the locker room. It's just, I would hate him on my team. I mean, he doesn't, I don't know. It's, obviously I've never met the guy or worked with the guy, but he just does not seem like a good teammate. That's not, the vibe that I get from him. Not at all, no. It's amazing to me. I would hate playing with him if I was on the Nets right now. Mm-hmm. He threw everybody practically under the bus. Even though he's just was barely injured, and they had really played pretty good with him being injured. 
And yeah. then to come back and to play terrible. He has not played well since he's been back. He hasn't... I wouldn't say he's played terrible, but he's taken way too many shots. He has not played a point guard. Yeah. I don't know. Just two games being back and then to say they're missing one more piece, which is also including Kevin Durant. No, that's... No. I don't know. Yeah. It's frustrating. Even when Durant is back healthy next year, I really don't expect the Nets to be much of a contender. Maybe they'll be in the playoffs for sure, but I don't know. They'll be in the playoffs and they'll win regular season games, but I don't see it beyond that. All yeah. right. Well, should we jump into our top four? Yeah. Do you All want right. to go ahead with your top? Uh, let's go with our, our fourth team. My fourth team? Oh, this is kind of tough. Um, I am going to go with, and this is higher than I expected them to actually be at this point, but I'm going to go with the defending champs, Toronto. Put them at number four. Currently the three seed, uh, 29 and 14. I expected big things from Pascal Siakam. I didn't expect him to be where he is. Uh, legitimately has a chance of being back-to-back most improved player of the year, which has never happened before in any form of professional sports that I know of. And with that, I mean, Fred Van Vliet's been playing really solidly. They've been getting good minutes out of uh, Big Van Gasol. So, I don't know. I, I see them as a team that's doing much better than they probably should be. And credit their coaching, honestly. I mean, if you were to have told me that Kawhi was going to leave and they were going to still be in the top four teams in the East currently, I would be surprised with that i i have the 76ers as my number four team for those who watched basketball consistently we're actually recording this episode tonight on tuesday but tomorrow the 76ers are playing toronto and it's a really interesting game because i see that being the future four and five seed of the playoffs not entirely sure who's going to be ahead of who but i'm going to take the 76ers just because I believe when Joel Embiid is healthy, it's going to be really hard to stop him. I do think that the 76ers lack in a lot of areas, for example, in shooting. I believe they struggle getting buckets when needed. I also believe that they lack a lot of offensive ability, especially when it comes to creating a play. Besides Joel Embiid, you know, Tobias Harris can make a shot every once in a while, but he doesn't usually create his own shot. It's usually uh, off an assist. Ben Simmons is playing okay. I don't know. I just, I see the 76ers being really good because of Joel Embiid. I see them being as the four seed. I don't know. That's what I got. All right. Well, let's see. Um, 76ers at four. I actually don't have them in my top four. Um, my three seed is going to be Boston. I, I have Boston too. At three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like they're uh, another team. Well, I, honestly, with Boston – they might be underperforming a little bit from what I expected. I thought the Kemba Walker was going to be a huge addition. I think he has been. Kemba Walker on the Celtics, they look a lot more like they did. Oh, no, I can't remember his name. Isaiah Thomas? Yep, there we go, Isaiah Thomas. Back when Isaiah Thomas was the king of the fourth, I mean, they looked like that's what they're looking like with Kemba Walker again. And I think that, I think in retrospect, we're going to look at them trading for Kyrie Irving as a really big mistake, as a, as them throwing away a championship opportunity. Yeah, one thing I want to go off of that, you've definitely seen the improvement in, in Jason Tatum's and Jalen Brown's game since Kyrie's been gone. I believe that adding Kemba has added a much more natural flow to the team. Players are playing a lot in more unison, and because of that, they're getting a lot of wins right now. One thing that they could improve on, I believe, is strengthening their uh, download play. When they're going to start playing teams like the 76ers or the Bucks with Giannis, they're going to need somebody who's going to be able to defend these premier guys down in center. And Kanner isn't bad. I, in fact, am one who likes his game. 
but I don't know if he's going to be able to hold up on those two guys when it gets down to the crunch time at the end of the year. I actually really like Canner's performance this year. I mean, he's averaging nine and eight right now, yeah. which is solid numbers. Um, I mean, this has become a league where centers are getting crazy stats, so it's kind of uh, overwhelmed by some of the other centers out there, but those are really solid numbers. Yeah, no, I'll go in with my number two team. I have a team that Dan actually called out at the beginning of the year being one of the best teams in the East, and that's the Heat. Mm-hmm. Miami is playing some really good basketball right now. They're a super fun team to watch. Jimmy Butler has brought this young core together, and they are just playing extremely well. Jimmy, I think, is arguably the third best player in the East, with it being Giannis, Dwellin, and Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think there's an argument to be made for it. Um, I also have the Heat as my two. Jimmy Butler is showing something that I didn't really think that he had in him, which is leadership. Honestly, with the way things went down in Minnesota, I thought that Jimmy Butler was... My thought of him was kind of like, this is a guy who's not really, he doesn't want the leadership role, and he's not going to take the leadership role, and teams are going to struggle if they try and force him into that. And I kind of looked at that as a possibility with the Heat team. And, I mean, he proved me wrong. He's shown me completely opposite. Another player on their roster has proven me wrong is Tyler Hero. He's fun. I thought Tyler Hero, I had him painted as a bust. I looked at his game, and I'm like, he's not going to transition to the NBA. Well, called that one wrong. One thing that's also really cool with the Heat is that they have seven players who are currently averaging over 11 points a game. That's pretty crazy. To say that they have 11 guys, also two of them are coming off the bench, which is Dragic and I believe the other one. That's just insane to say that they have seven dudes off the bench. They're spreading the ball around. It's pretty awesome. And amazingly, the guy who's spreading the ball around the most is Jimmy Butler with six assists, which I that was one part of his game that I didn't think he had entirely was a passing game. I thought he was much more of a scorer. But like you said, he's really turned on a leadership aspect. And because of that, the Heat are playing awesome right now. And I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. And then I think we both have the same number one with Milwaukee, right? Wait, what? <laughs> I thought you had the Hawks. You know, as much as I love Trey Young, and I really, really do love Trey Young's game. <laughs> Um, I think the Hawks might be like the number 13 team, in my opinion. Oh, they're also... They're the bottom of the East they're, in they're, reality, they're, but they're, they're the 13th, in my opinion. No, I also have the Bucks. so please tell us why you got them. I mean, well, one, you just look at that win-loss number, 39-6. and six, That's pretty good. Um, top of the league, you know. Um, sorry. Yeah, top of the league. Looking like they're going to be the overall number one seed again. The biggest question for them is not... How far will they go in the playoffs? But are they ready now to win a championship? And I don't have an answer for that yet. Neither do I. That's definitely the point I was going to make. They're easily playing the best regular season ball that I've seen the Bucks play. But last year they had this exact same issue. They were the number one team last year and got into the playoffs and then lost early. And I'm intrigued to see if they can step up from last year's disappointing playoff experience and improve this year Giannis is proving again that he's if not the best one of the best players in the league I just don't know if that game's gonna be able to transition well into the playoffs right now one thing that I see from them that is it's always kind of troubling when you have one player that's your stat leader in three categories and three Giannis is leading in points rebounds and assists right now yeah I mean their team Giannis is a fantastic anchor but he is definitely the anchor of the team they are building 100% around him. And right now, a lot of players aren't really putting down. I mean, Chris Middleton is averaging close to 20 points a game, but 
that's really the only other stat line where anybody's coming close in. Yeah, my biggest question is if Giannis goes down, who's going to step up? If Giannis goes down, they go down. Exactly. If Giannis goes down, Milwaukee loses. They lose games without him. Yeah, I think one thing that's important to clarify here is like the Bucks are easily the best regular season team. I could see them going and losing only, you know, winning only like around 55 games. I mean, they're at 39 and 6 right now. They, they could win more than 60, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finished at 70 and 12 or something like that. It, it, they're it's just unreal how they're playing. I just don't see them continuing the success because in the playoffs, it's just a whole different realm of basketball. But I agree. I think they're number one in the East right now. They're uh, you know it's hard to stop a dude who's six foot eleven and scoring thirty points a game. So once you can figure out the only team that I've seen play really really well against the Bucks is the Seventy Sixers. Joel Embiid shut them down that one game. The thing about basketball that's you know different from from other sports is you can let that one guy score. I mean you can let you can let thirty four wreck your house, but if you shut down the other four in the court, you're gonna be just fine. Yeah, the only time that backfires on it, I don't know for any of our listeners out there who watched the game last night when Damian Lillard dropped 61, that is a rare case where one dude can win you the game. But that was also against the Warriors, who are the worst team in the West. And, I mean, the Trailblazers need so much help. Car- Nobody on the roster is even thinking about trying to do anything other than Dame. Even you, Carmelo. We know you listen. I think Carmelo has, like, a Google alert just set up for his name. Like, what's, what are people saying about Melo today? Aw. Because <laughs> you know he makes a sad noise when he reads it. His son's walking. Dad, why are you crying? Not now, son. <laughs> it's mellow time. <laughs> well, oh, with goodness. that being said, I think we are done with our uh, basketball recap. Any other basketball comments you want to make before we get into our next segment? Um, Actually, you know what? I do got something. Um, Hey, Dan, I don't like the Peach City uniforms for Atlanta. That's just a message for one particular listener. But I'm saying it directly to him. All right, we'll be back after this break. All right, this Practice Squad podcast is brought to you by the Practice Squad. That's right, we sponsor ourselves. Check us out on Instagram at practice underscore squad underscore podcast. Our posts are great. Our hairlines are great. Our stories, you guessed it, great. Here's looking at you, LeBron, with your hair plugs. Now be good or be good at it and follow us on Instagram. Please, please do it. Just please, please follow us on Instagram. Please, squat out. And we are back. And in case you didn't know, the Saturday night before the Super Bowl is what's called the NFL Honors. It's an awards show hosted by Steve Harvey that nobody cares about and so because we don't care about it and we already know who's gonna win everything we made our own awards and they're more fun and they also involve me making fun of john tanzelton <laughs> oh my goodness what a play my morning. that's how you talk like testador all nasal and all vowels all right let's see so we're gonna start this off uh me and jeff have both picked our favorite funnest game of the year jeff's going to go first yeah this one was a game from the playoffs i've got the bills texans game i'm not what i would say a dedicated nfl fan but this game was one of the funnest games i've watched in a long time deshaun watson played out of his mind we could obviously talk about his heroic play where he got sacked 
twice, but somehow stayed on his feet. Where so, he just managed to, like, get hit from both sides and, like, scored out. <laughs> I like to think of it as the pinball game. He got hit in between the two walls and just kept bouncing it back and forth. And all of a sudden, he stayed up and then threw it. And then he bounced out and it made the extra life noise. Flink. Yep. Got an extra ball award. <laughs> so, yeah, that game was just super fun. This has been a lot more of an interesting year for the playoffs. And I just liked it. Easy as a comment to make about your uh, extra ball. I think he... So... What Jeff was trying to say is it's like pinball when you do well and you get an extra ball for the game. He's not saying that Deshaun Watson acquired a third testicle. <laughs> let me let me be very clear with the audience. No, 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 right we're now. Good, no, we're good. We're no. good. I just want to say what Joe said is true. For anyone out there who was disturbed by that thought of of a tri nutted Deshaun. Though impossible <laughs> just to even give the the image of that out there, I am sorry. All right. Well, tough to follow that up. Um, Good luck. Well, my favorite game was a regular season matchup of the 49ers and the Saints in a game where nobody decided to play defense, particularly the Saints, because when it came time to tackle George Kittle to try and stop the game, they just hung onto his face mask like they were doing a pull-up. George Kittle, one of the best game-winning plays I've ever seen. Him just dragging three Saints, one of them hanging onto his face mask. Uh, That was... Just a fun game. It really bums me out that the Saints decided to just, you know, die in the playoffs. That they decided to, like, just roll over against Minnesota. That That's my favorite team. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but... Well, that is our next award. Or, yeah. Yeah, that is our next award, favorite team. So, I have the Saints. It was such watching them lose to the Vikings again. And, of course, they complain about a call again. Sooner or later, the Saints organization is just going to have to talk about them improving their team. Because, frankly, George Kittle showed those little boys what's up as he dragged four of them down the field. And that 49ers game was just the beginning of it. The Vikings game, they laid a complete and big fat egg. A complete and big fat egg is what they led. Ostrich-sized egg. Um, no, I'll get to my my uh, <laughs> the things I love about the Saints. Uh, I'm a huge Drew Brees fan. I think he stands for a lot of great things as a person, as a dad. Class, poise, and dignity. Exactly. Michael Thomas, I believe, is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Oh, it's true. You can't guard Mike. No, you can't guard him. He Also, he broke the record this year. but He broke it with like two games to go. Also, a little bit of bias from here. I love Taysom Hill. I'm glad he got a lot of respect this year. He's showing that he's... A very great NFL player. I don't know what's going to happen this upcoming year for the Saints, but hopefully they can not lose to the Vikings again. But that's my favorite team. One thing I do want to say about Taysom Hill is I feel like looking at Taysom Hill on the Saints is it's like this is what Tim Tebow should have been. Oh, for sure. Like if anybody had been paying attention, this is what Tim Tebow could have done. But instead it was like, nope, he's either a tight end or a quarterback. He's either a tight end or a quarterback. This is the NFL. You can't play two positions. It's ridiculous. It's. I wonder from here on out if they're going to have guys like this who come out of college football and start doing stuff like this. I heard it, a report. I shouldn't say a report. I saw a random sketchy Instagram account saying that uh, some team was interested in Jalen Hurts as a, as a Taysom Hill is what they put it as. So apparently that's a position now is the Taysom. The, the Army Swiss knife position. That sounds like an article from Vice, by the way. We're trying to say Swiss Army Knife, but uh, 
I messed up, of course. That's why I'm here, right? You're doing a great job today. Hey, thanks. High five. You said like a couple of sentences completely all the way through. Um, My favorite team to watch this year, and part of this is just because I'm a pessimist, was to watch the dumpster fire that was the Cleveland Browns because it was just like, it was like by week four, we were all like, oh yeah, that's why we shouldn't believe in you. I regret everything I ever we were all supported like, with the Browns. We all thought they were going to do something this year. Like, yeah, they just, they got Baker Mayfield who had a, like, not completely terrible rookie season. And they have a couple running backs. One of them who is, you know, noted for beating the hell out of women. Um, And then they signed Odell Beckham Jr. What could go wrong with that? adding one of the most volatile personalities in the NFL to a volatile roster. And then trading your offensive lineman for a defensive, like they went with the Cliff Kingsbury approach, which is just not have an offensive line and hope that you have enough wide receivers that it'll work. It didn't. No, no, no. It didn't to the tune of six and 10. Nope. It was, which if you look at their performance, they're lucky to have gone six and 10. They should have been three and 13. Can I tell you my favorite Browns moment is the game where Baker shaved three times once during halftime no he shaved before the game then he shaved during halftime and then he shaved before the post-game interviews <laughs> you had like a beard then like a goatee and mustache and then just a mustache baker had a weird year ba- baker's got a lot of issues to remember back in like 2009 when britney spears shaved her head and attacked the paparazzi are you saying baker mayfield's britney spears in the nfl i'm saying he had a moment <laughs> That's Thank sad. you, buddy. I love you. I hope you come back. But, oh, that was a rough. That was a rough sophomore season, pal. Speaking of a rough year, should we go to our uh, our one of our favorite players of this year? Yes, this is the Jameis Winston "Shoot Yourself in the Foot" award. Um, from henceforth, it will be known as that. And naturally, for the first year of this award, we have to give it to the man himself. Thirty-six touchdown passes, thirty interceptions. And, I mean, he was just like, how can I end this season? Should I end this season with a game-winning touchdown drive in overtime? Or should I just lob it to this dude on the other roster and let him run it 60 yards back? I mean, we all know what Jameis chose. <laughs> Jameis is everybody's favorite player. Jameis is not everybody's famous player. Not if you're a Buccaneers fan, but Jameis, he's helped a lot of teams out, man. Jameis Winston is, like, the only player to be, like, named MVP in, like, four different losses. Because it's just like every other team is like, yeah, we wouldn't have won this game if it wasn't for number three on the other side. (laughs) I mean, and, you know, I hate to come back to this with him. But, like, ever since he stole those crab legs, it's been a turnover machine. His freshman season at Florida State, he was a really good quarterback. Offseason, he steals some crab legs. Lord knows why he stole crab legs. You play for Florida State. Just ask one of the millions of boosters to go get you some damn crab legs. But steals the crab legs, gets in trouble for stealing crab legs, which is hilarious, and then <laughs> and then proceeds to turn the ball over a million times every season since then. I wonder if... And how is it that he still has, like, a job? <laughs> he like, should... Can you imagine if you were that bad at your job and you got to keep it every day? <laughs> All I could think about is just him eating a crab leg after every game he threw two or more interceptions. That's a treat. Because his... statistically, there are 16 games in a season. He threw 30, which means he threw, on average, two interceptions a game, which means he had two crab legs per loss. 
Well, two, two crab legs per interception. And I just think it's the funniest thing. I just want to, I just imagine him being so sad, just crying in his locker room. But guys are like not around him at all. Comfort food. Instead of him eating the W, he's just eating, <laughs> eating crab, crab legs. legs. Look, I'm going to say this. This is the one thing I'm going to say this episode. I think. We only think... let him say one thing per episode. Yeah. So, Jeff, I know you think, like, that's his comfort food. It's kind of funny to think about him crying, eating crab legs, because that's a funny thing to eat while crying. But I think the more – if he throws two or more picks in a game, then he gets free crab legs. So here's what I think. So he doesn't have to steal them anymore. Like, the the football gods gift him crab legs every time, every time he throws two or more picks in a game. So that's why I think he keeps lobbing it to the other team. He's like, wait, I don't have my two picks yet. I'm going to throw another interception, and I'm going to get my free crab legs. Okay, I'm throwing this out there to all restaurants that serve crab legs. Do you know how Chick-fil-A gives out free chicken nuggets <laughs> if they miss two free throws at the end of basketball games? Guess what? Every game, Jameis Winston throws two or more interceptions. Everybody gets free crab legs. That would be awesome. I'm on board for it. Can we get uh, Publix grocery stores to sponsor it? Joe's uh, Crab Shack. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um well, speaking of Joe, we're going to move on to <laughs> our final award. Our final award, the Joe Test of Tar. Oh, my goodness, what a point. Award of the season. Uh, you go ahead and go first. So my my moment of the year that just went, oh, my gosh, was when Lamar Jackson against the Bengals. So well, that barely counts then. Why? Because the Bengals weren't trying. It's still great. These guys are professionals. Eh. Lamar was running. Lamar Jackson, first off, is... It's like scoring a cool touchdown on, like, easy mode on Madden. But that's what was crazy about it, is that this was real-life professional football. As he is scrambling from the pocket, he then avoids two tacklers. I'm saying this again. Two tacklers on a filthy spin move. Both guys go down. It ended up being about... I don't remember the number roughly, but about 30-yard run for a touchdown. But he made it look so easy and he was going so fast and then a spin like that on a dime and break two dudes ankles now let's be fair that is coming from the Bengals, but these dudes are still paid to play football and if you're being paid to play football you should not be getting your ankles broken this bad but lamar jackson's a bad man and he did a bad indeed well my favorite play of the season was uh deshaun watson Late game heroics against the Raiders. The Raiders. Gets kicked in the face <laughs> through his helmet. Gets kicked in the face. Then proceeds to, like, touch his face. And in, after the game, he said he was making sure his eye was still there. That's the warrior mentality. He's just like, oh, God, is my eye still in my head? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Now I can throw a touchdown pass. And then he does. That all happens in the span of like three seconds. Kicked in the face, make sure he still has an eye, gay winning touchdown pass. One comment I want to make with that. Oh has, my goodness, what a play, man. Is there, <laughs> is there a dude that's gotten hit more in his life than Deshaun Watson? Well, no, because Deshaun Watson has never had the luxury of having um, this thing called an offensive line. Because the Texans are like, what should we do to improve his offensive line? And they're like, oh, I know, Laramie Tunsil. He played pretty average in Miami. Let's go get him. And then what does he do? Plays average. So surprising that there's a common trend there. <sighs> it's a shame. Um, also, to the, to the Raiders team that decided to kick Deshaun Watson in the face, 
you should be punished for that, but John Gruden would obviously not punish you for that. Well, I mean, it wasn't really an intentional kick to the face, and also their punishment is John Gruden, so. That's what they say, though. <laughs> well, their punishment is John Gruden. John Gruden's their coach. They have to deal with that. Imagine imagine being on, imagine being a football team coached by John Gruden in Las Vegas. You know he's going to show up to every practice, hungover, buffalo wings, both on his face and in a plate that he is eating while he's yelling at you. You know, on a while he's yelling about how you're not enough of a Gruden grinder. I will say this: if they do end up playing the Buccaneers and they James Winston throws for three more, you know, three interceptions, then instead of you know Buffalo Wild Wings, he could actually substitute that in for uh, Crab Legs. I'm sure just, thing. I'm just gonna keep going back to that and tell the people know that they deserve free Crab Legs every time James Winston throws two or more interceptions. I mean, the people need this, and they need it now. Sure, I guess. Like I'm, I, I'm fine with. I don't, I don't know why you're trying to make me the villain of this. I'm okay with people getting crab legs because Jameis Winston's a terrible quarterback. It's also important to note that John Gruden is a terrible head coach. I hope they share crab legs together and stay crying. Or boy, I tell you, Jameis, <laughs> these crab legs sure are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this is their uh, QB interview where it's like the, the Gruden oh, camp. Oh, yeah. Like Camp Gruden or whatever where he just belittles rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> All right, you're looking at a defense here. It's X-Ray 2Y banana left. What are you going to do? Jameis, I don't know what you're doing out there. You just keep throwing a ball to the opposing team. Have a yeah. crab leg while you're looking at this. John Gruden's going to gain like 70 pounds in Las Vegas, dude. I guarantee it. He already has like a retainer at like one of the buffets in Las Vegas. <laughs> That's why he took the job. It was like, ah, well, I get to live in Oakland for two years, but then I can go back to Vegas and just, you know, buffet out. You know that you know Huda's got a casino now. <laughs> the girls aren't as pretty as the restaurant ones, but they're still good. <laughs> uh, with that, I think we gotta call this one an episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know how much worse that. James, this has been a great episode. I've enjoyed this very much, but I just. We just need more crab legs. Good night, everybody. <laughs> be good or be good at it.